So, welcome to the latest edition of the podcast. Today we are at the Rugby Club, Parsonage Barn Lane. It's a thing, it still exists. We're here on a very rainy Sunday, after a very busy Saturday yesterday, where we had uh, both men and women senior sides, all playing against the Dockers, which went very well. I'm stood here today, it's rainy, the pitch is looking absolutely fine fettle. Uh, Mr Wilson and Mr Farmer have done an absolutely sterling job with those. I can still see grass, which historically is a is a thing of beauty. So why are we here today? Well today we have the Inner Warrior, which is the RFU sponsored event to encourage women and young ladies to participate in the wonderful sport of rugby. And I'm here with Mr Duncan Johnson. And we have two wonderful people just walking up to us now. I'll just let them pass on by. Complaints already about the weather. These are two two young ladies sporting uh, Ringwood School tops. So we're, uh, we're encouraging and trying to gather extra numbers of young ladies, youth in sport. That's what it's all about today at the Inner Warrior, at the rugby club. Looking out across the pitch, I can see that the coaches have already been busy. There's lots of uh, lots of cones set up. Obviously, different training areas, different skills sections. We've got the tackle tubes. We've got all different uh, sections: red, blue, yellow, white. So I'm assuming the young ladies are going to be put through the uh, put through the ringer a bit later. I've just seen Mr. Andy Stevens, who's just come out of the clubhouse, which is unusual for him. It's slightly damp still. He's out. Hello, Mr. Stevens. How are you today? Very well, thank you, Mr. Ford. So, talk to me, Inner Warrior. We're here at the Rugby Club. Just described the wonderful scenes we're looking at. Give us an overview of where you guys are at today and what what you think you'll be looking to achieve. Well, the the idea of the Inner Warrior campaign is just to give ladies and girls a chance to play rugby who've never played rugby before. So, um, it's it's a great opportunity. It's a free event. Lots of kind of fun games. The kind of fun games they normally end up doing at rugby sessions, just to increase their awareness and agility and movement and all that kind of stuff and uh, it's a great just a great chance for them to come out and give it a go so is, is today primarily about fun or are we looking at other aspects what's what's the drive for today what's the strategy well we're trying to encourage more females to play rugby so if we can give them an enjoyable session that will kind of reflect or will reflect one of the sessions when they actually hopefully come along at some point then it's a win-win situation Fantastic. What, what are the numbers looking like so far, do you know? Uh, Duncan's in charge of the clipboard. Oh, let's bring Duncan in. So we've got Duncan Johnson here, the man with the clipboard. Duncan, talk to us so far about the numbers, the work you've been putting in this week. Yeah, I mean, it's been um, quite hard work, I think, but we've now got, and we've got two, four, six, eight, ten new players that we didn't have. Obviously, this ten. Morning, ten already. Brilliant. So lots of Ringwood School, which is fantastic, because they're local. A few different age groups, which is brilliant, from up to under 18. A couple of mums have joined, which is even better. So we've got one more here, and I'm just about to sign up. It's getting, getting busy here already. Okay, so it's not just it's not just Ringwood. It is any young lady, any woman player within the whole of the Hampshire that happens to be within our catchment. We're opening the club out to them. Come along, enjoy yourself at the rugby, which hopefully they will do today. Uh, no kit required, just come up, pair of trainers, pair of shorts, we've got girls coming in full kit that are obviously playing for us at the minute, and we've got young ladies walking around in in other strips that reflect different clubs. What sort of um, what sort of timings are we looking at today then, Annie? Uh, we're doing about a 75 minute session, so we're going to do 
a few 10 minute practices, uh, passing practices, movement, all that kind of stuff, and we'll end up with a big game at the end, put it all into practice. Wow. How is that to, because obviously you've got different age groups here, you've got, you know, big ones, little ones, small ones. Yeah. Are you going to split that across? You can have different skills areas for different age groups? Or? Well, most of the activities we've got arranged are touch-based, touch-rugby-based, okay. so they're good across all age groups. That's the great thing about this kind of stuff, that just anybody can literally just jump in and have a go. So when we do play the game, um, we might look at playing a bit of rugby. So yep. in that instance, then we will start breaking them out um, into different age groups, so it's a bit more banding to what they would normally do yeah. in their sessions. Um, if any mums want to play, we might have got a headband on them to say that they can only be touched and not smashed, uh, wrapped. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's, it's all good. It's all designed. The game's all designed so everybody can play with everybody else. Yeah. So we can all join in. So. That's fantastic. Oh, there's another volunteer as well. Yeah. I'll get out of your way. Thank you so much, Mr. Stevens. Thank you very much, sir. We have, an, uh, we have another coach here. Good day to you, sir. We're recording for the Ellingham and Ringwood Rugby Podcast. Excellent. Tell us what you're going to be doing today, who you are, what, what side you coach at. So, yeah, Chris Hodge, I'm the under 13, one of the under-13 girls coaches. Yeah, so I'm going to be supporting Andy and Henry with both the Inner Warrior session and the under-13 girls session. So, so Andy's just given us a fantastic overview of, where, of what the strategy is today. We're looking to you know, involve everybody, all the practices and games are going to be pitch up and play yep. style of thing have you got a are there is it planned you know have you had like a consultation with the other coaches and yeah very much so yeah as always we have a a good session plan make sure that we all understand what everybody's going to be doing um and yeah so yeah very much looking forward to it fantastic looking forward to it definitely it's either that or it's going shopping i guess isn't it <laughs> indeed yeah <laughs> have you got kids yourself that play at the club? yeah so i've got izzy who's in the under 13s um both boys are here supporting and wow. even my wife's giving it a go today so fantastic she, wow that uh, first time ever playing first time ever yeah she's guess, very much in, she's watched a few hours she's of watched rugby, a lot of rugby um yeah. very much inspired by watching sevens on the telly as well so oh fantastic that would be brilliant well we look forward to uh, cheering her on Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Let's go and find Bobby. some other victims. Yes, okay. <coughs> Let's just walk up along to where the main uh, where the main doors are. Oh, we got Mr. Jonathan Owen, who's a teacher at the local school. Johnny, talk to me about how rugby impacts within the school. So you're at Ringwood Comp, aren't you? Yeah, so head up here at Ringwood um, School across the world. Um, for me, rugby is possibly the number one sport we try and instill in our students. Not necessarily for the skill level they produce, but more for the, the values we try and get out of the students in terms of treads values, teamwork, respect, uh, discipline, sportsmanship, and that will lead to enjoyment throughout. So today is absolutely fantastic. Um, especially you know, at Niche, the, the New Forest is a hub for girls' rugby. Um, and today, obviously, Poppy Peel coming down here can only inspire so Absolutely. even if we get three or four extra going then today's been worthwhile fantastic does this does this mirror what happens up at the school on sports day or whatever they call it when you have rugby up there is it yes we have in-house competitions uh, throughout the year so football hockey rugby would be um, hello there's my students there um, yeah and we're just trying to generate as much enthusiasm so from my point of view is all about enthusiasm, engagement for that lifelong participation, trying to get those club links going. Um, I'm saying if an event like today just gets that one or two extra people there, it's done its job. So let's talk about you then. So you're just over 20. You've been playing rugby all your life? 
No, I, I'm a later bloomer too. I, I was always football coming into life. Um, so I was always football in school, but that was because my PE teacher was football, and that's yeah, all I ever cool. did. Yeah. Um, moved to the area about 12 years ago now, yeah. um, and I thought I fancy a change. So I came down to the club, had a little run around, and thought this is this is for me. Uh, not saying not say the rugby, but just the whole camaraderie, the community, um, and it's something I've been part of now for 12 years, and it's something that my my eldest daughter now is getting involved with. Wow. Um, so I feel definitely rugby and myself. Have, uh, embrace the community and yeah there's a lot of um i think i won't say stigma but there's a lot of issues in around when you talk to people about young ladies participating in a contact sport about the injuries and this that and the other is that something that you've ever considered at the school how does that reflect upon the injuries that you might see on a match day are they any more injurious than the young men or are they no absolutely not um you know obviously priority is to make sure safety and ensure how they do it properly but we have more in, more serious injuries in football and other sports compared to rugby, um, so hopefully that stigma is getting less and less with the, the positive media coverage that's happened now, which the Six Nations being live on the BBC rather than on the red button on some random channel that people can't get hold of, so yeah. the more exposure there is, the only better it can be. That's fantastic. I'm just going to collar another coach who's trying to squeeze past me. Hello, sir. Who coach. are you? You don't coach. No. Who are you? Gareth. Gareth? Frampton. Have you got your kids here, Gareth? One of them, yeah. Talk to, talk to me about your participation or your, your daughter's participation in rugby at the rugby club. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, she's played since uh, under eights. Okay. Uh, and how old is she now? She is under 13. Under 13s, wow, 8, 9, 10 years old. Like five years? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, she enjoying it? Yep, she loves it. Does she play with her mates? Does she come up here because her mates play? or? Uh, initially, no, but okay. she has made mates through rugby. Fantastic. Um, and are they from the same school? or? Some of them are. Some of them are. Okay. Um, yeah, she's brought a few with her today yeah. um, for this inner warrior thing. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah. Brilliant. And what does she get out of it? Is it the physical aspect of it that she enjoys, or is it the mental challenge, or just the fact she comes and plays sports with her mates? I think it's a bit of everything, to okay. be honest. I think she she loves she definitely loves the physical challenge. Of course. <laughs> she likes nailing people. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good outlet, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's a, as you well know, it's a family-friendly club. Absolutely. She's made a lot of friends. Um, good. Do you think she'll carry those through life with her? I or? certainly hope so. Yeah. Good. I don't see why not. You know, do, you, do you see the values of the sport? So we, we use you know the Treads mnemonic from the RFU, mm-hmm. tradition, respect, enjoyment, that sort of stuff. Do you see that mirrored in her development as a, as a child into a young woman? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we obviously as parents try to instill those those things into her and, and rugby reinforces that yeah the trust reinforces that so yeah I mean she's she's a well-rounded girl you know she, she works hard she plays hard good and, uh, yeah, that's and all in the years to come she'll socialize hard exactly. sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your experience with rugby you play yourself or? Uh, I used to only played school rugby oh, okay. um, never any, anything more than that okay. um, I was coerced into coaching by Duncan for a year or two um, but obviously there were a few more experienced coaches than me coming through the okay. ranks. So but I is that a requirement to be an experienced coach? Or can you as a, I don't think as a volunteer so, supporter, can you come along and just enjoy yourself as well? Yeah, supporting and, and, them? and I was for, for, for a while, but yeah. work, yeah, some I, commitments it's a massive commitment, came, came along. Yeah. Um, you know, my, uh, at the time I started coaching, work was quite quiet, yeah. um, but since then it, it's really yeah. taken off. So um, yeah, I've had to put some things on the back burner. Yeah, I, I cool. used to coach cricket as well yeah. and I can't do that now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd, I always help where I can. Um, well, you're helping today, aren't you? It's a rainy Sunday. Exactly. 
you brought your, brought your kid down to yeah. participate in some sport yeah. with their mates there can be nothing finer exactly. thank you so much for your time let's, let's grab another <laughs> individual hello missus so we're recording for the Ellingham podcast tell me who you are and what uh, what you're doing today uh, I'm Jill I'm known as Sid's mum but I'm actually here as Molly's mum <laughs> Sid, Sid and Molly's mum. I know Sid very well. Yes, Sid. He used to play rugby with Sid before he disappeared off to Germany. Yeah. Um, where's Molly? And, and how old is Molly? She's 16. Okay, so she's she's coming into our... She's in under-18s. Okay, she's coming into our cult section. Yeah. So she'll be exposing herself to the senior game at the end of this year, possibly next, which will be good. Uh, no, she's got another two years in, in under-18s. Two, two years in cults, yeah, yeah. But when she gets to 17 or so, we'll be yeah. looking at snow dripping her in. What um what does she get out of rugby then? I have. The what? Um she really likes because she does rugby and she does dance and she really oh, okay. likes how the two complement each other. Really? Wow. Because Talk to me about that. Because <laughs> yeah, that's a novel experience <laughs> for you, Ford, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> because um you can weave off each foot and it's something she can do Balance, and it's come come dexterity. come from the dance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's and brilliant. our brother has never managed that no, whatsoever. No, well, he's clearly too tall and lanky to um, to be anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, okay, thank you, Jill. You're very, very kind. We're just watching Duncan lining up the uh, the participants to start with. Uh, let's quickly pop into the bar area and see if we can chat to some of our volunteers in there. Ah, Ian Marshall. Chief, chief bar steward for the day. Indeed. How are you today, Ian? I'm very good. I'm very good. Talk to me about what's going on inside oh, the clubhouse today. All oh, right, okay, we've got the bar open. Fantastic. Uh, we've got a bit of beer to sell. A little bit left. A little bit left. <laughs> got a bit of cider. Now we've got a, bit, a few bottles of lager. Yeah. And we've set up here for the kids in terms of juices and cokes and crisps Fantastic. And, and chocolate bars just to keep that energy up. Brilliant. And Brilliant. Uh, see how we get on. You've got a room with a view as well, haven't you? You've got, you've got your seats set up, because obviously we're not allowed to use the clubhouse yet nope. until tomorrow. So we've got the marquee, um, yeah. and we've got some tables and chairs in the marquee. So um, the marquee, it's order, if they wish something from the bar, they order from the marquee, seated service, and then we run it out to them today? or uh, do it slightly differently. Slightly so, so from yesterday, <coughs> they can order from the, from the table, okay. so they don't come into the clubhouse. Yep. We want to take the order. Um, and we'll run it through the bar and then we'll ferry it out into the market. Ferry it out into the market. We're trying our hardest at the club to keep to the COVID requirements. We've got our scans, uh, Q codes, barcodes on the on the windows and doors, our gels, all sorts of stuff kicking around. We're trying our hardest to keep our space, face space, etc. Services outside in the in the marquee, which thankfully we put up on Thursday, thanks to the volunteers involved. And it didn't blow away last night. And it didn't blow great. away last night. If ever it was going to blow away, that would have been would have been the case. Let me just bring in another one of our uh, wonderful people. This is a young lady stood here in black. Let's see who she is and what she's doing. Hello, who are you? Uh, I'm Michelle. You're Michelle. Why are you here, Michelle? Because I'm married to the chairman. Oh, okay. You have two girls. Why don't they play rugby? Because uh, they play netball. Oh, okay. Talk to me about that. Um, what values within netball might mirror across into rugby? Probably the same sort of same sort of values. So it's all about the team, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just all about the individual and their talent, but a team talent. And it's all about getting involved in a sport and doing something you love. Fantastic. Fantastic. Where are there any of your netballers that you can see here? Probably most of my team. Most of your team. So talk about your netball club then. Where's where's that? What do they do? Uh, so they're at we play at Powell Junior School. Uh, 
Uh, we train on a Thursday night, which is New Forest Junior Netball. And we have girls from, I believe it's year three, right through to year 11. And they are more than welcome for anyone to come and train with us and just see whether they like it. But then they get move competitively into the normal games for junior or they can move up to the seniors and be involved in the adult league on a Tuesday and Thursday night. Tuesday and Thursday. Do you see a benefit of what I call multi-sporters? So those are kids that play more than one sport, netball, rugby, perhaps they dance, perhaps they do gymnastics. Does that, when you're coaching those kids at netball, do you see the benefit of multi-sporting? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's always interesting to see another's perspective. And sometimes they're playing a sport that they think that they're good at, but actually they might find that there's another sport that they're even better at. So it's all worth them trying anything out, especially when they're young. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. Hello, lovely. Hello. Ladies, let me just pop that between you, because we're recording for the Ellingham podcast. Just introduce yourselves. Oh. Tell me who you are, why you're here. Well, oh, right. <laughs> I, I, I did a podcast and I hear it every All right, I'm, I'm Kirsty Masters. Um, I've brought my daughter Jess Masters down where, where, where's from Where's Jess? Which, which group is she? Um, I'm just I'm trying to change. She's got bright pink socks. Oh, wow, that's uh, easy to find. Yeah, you can see no, her over there, right on the far one. side. There, there, there. Oh, yeah. Actually, on the right. Yeah. She's got the white and pink socks there. And she's been playing rugby for only for about six months now. Her brother's been playing since he was four. So we've okay. slowly... <laughs> she's As long as it's her idea... Which it is now, and she's absolutely loving it. So yeah, she plays for Camberley. Camberley. Yeah, wow. right. Good bit of travelling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, good commitment there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And um, my, I'm South African, as you can probably hear. <laughs> my husband's Welsh. Oh, okay. And they were both been born in England. So who are they going to support when they're? The World Cup. World Cup. Just a nightmare. The World Cup in our house <laughs> is uh, not pretty. Fantastic. Fantastic. And who are you, so, I'm Marianne Collins and I'm one of the um, coaches at Camberley, also okay. Kids First Mentor at Camberley as well. Brilliant. And uh, hopefully starting up a girls section. Oh, let's hope. Hence why the link with Andy Stevens. Absolutely brilliant. Um, got so, the invite so to come down last weekend for the um, game against Trojan. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And we're down here again today for the girls because the girls have never played with just girls. Okay. And they're confident. So they're still at that under 12 link. Under 11. Under 11. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but their confidence went up 10 folds last week, playing with just an all-girls team, which was fantastic to see. Yeah. And, and we are very, very fortunate. Just for just for the listeners, so the girls will play mixed rugby up to under 11s. Yeah. So boys and girls, and then we're very fortunate at this club is that we have a large volume of girls. We're able to run dedicated uh, training and matches for girls from under 12 all the way up through to the Colts, but that's not always the case for every club, is it? No, it's not, no. no. It's very hard if you don't have that big nucleus of girl players to run sessions specifically for girls. Yeah, and within our kids' bus section, um, we do have a lot of girls in the mixed groups, but it's not having that pathway. Absolutely. So now, um, thanks to little Jess as well, um, she created a flyer to help promote getting girls to the club as Fantastic. well so um, we are building that slow pathway for all the girls through the club so September will be our first season with launching the girls even though we might just have two but we have got phone calls coming in about girls joining so big trees the future is bright absolutely yes. so talk to me about the link with Andy then 
because Andy's our, our coach mentor here at the, the rugby club. Yeah. He obviously coaches the young girls and various other sides and does our school's input as well for us. Yeah. Um, how did that link come about? That link came about with our Kids First. So when we oh, okay. clubs made the Kids First pledge, yeah. um, I met Andy, Hannah, um, Andy Coulter. I yes. did my level one with Andy oh, down okay. at Hampton. Yeah. Um, and I met Andy, Hannah, and I think one of, all, one of your other guys um, at the Kids First conventions. Fantastic. And that's gone back a good couple of years now. So <laughs> we've had quite a close link chatting and all that as well. Yeah, and good. he's been mentoring me with, you know, building the girls as well. So yeah. that's why I think we want to have quite a nice close link together. So Absolutely. it's fantastic going forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Great relationship, great it is, partnership. It is all about moving forward, it, in my eyes. It's and it's all inclusive as well. It's not yeah. just, you know, Andy is, you know, inclusive to all clubs. You know, he will help. He's got, you know, so yeah. going forward, he's a great person to, it's a massive, to know. a massive commodity. <laughs> and, of course, Definitely. with most, if not all, of our coaching, do you get paid for that? Or are you volunteer? I'm volunteer. Volunteer. So, stood out here in the pouring rain yeah. on a Sunday, having driven all the way down from Camberley in yeah. your own time just for the love of the sport yeah and to grow the girls main aim at the moment is growing the girls and that's my passion at the moment is getting the girls set up so we have that pathway going forward Kirsty, any desire to stand out there on a rainy sunday and coaching kit or because <laughs> you've driven all this way today it would be a shame not to put you in some coaching kit and get out there or even try it yourself oh i don't know i leave the coaching to my husband he does he's the coach for the under 12s oh, okay. yeah yeah so um but yeah Maybe, who knows? Maybe, who we'll knows? never say I never. Never. I even I never, tried exactly. to see if she could get playing. <laughs> Why not? Giant or swimming's team. Only, the one thing stopping you is you. I know. <laughs> you never so, know, she might have a hand with doing something for the girls. You never know. Yeah. First you aid never. or, you, you know, yeah. sure. rope her in we'll put at something. In yeah. I know, I know. She all, she's already got that vibe already. <laughs> so talk yes. to about your, your kids then. So they play rugby, obviously, for Camberley. Mm-hmm. Um, are they multi-sporters? Do they do other sports as well? Um, my eldest used to play for Camberley, and when it came to the tackling, he, he's no, not very clear football. Yeah. Um, Neve and Arden very much rugby. Yeah. Very much rugby. Yeah. Um, they have the good days and bad days, like all kids. Um, they've played since Yehi. So um, yeah. So with Neve, she wants to go forward. And it's having that ability to have the girls rather than go to another club. So, and she wants to stay to watch her own old team to play. So, play them as well. And how about you, Kirsty? Yes, I've got a twelve-year. Yeah, he he. Um, well, yeah, she she does ballet and dance, and Uh she's the most girly girl you'll ever know. And yet, (laughs) and suddenly, as I said, it was her choice, and we were both like, you know, brilliant. This is amazing. So. Um, because she, through lockdown, she like sh- she started doing lots of sort of fitness and running and blah blah, blah. and um, yeah, and then decided that she wanted to do some kind of yeah. boot camp thing, and then and then from there it escalated to doing to doing rugby. Full on rugby. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, isn't it? So you got so, so many dancers, which is dan- usually ballet, viewed yeah. as a girly girl, yeah, sort of yeah. sport, and all of a sudden they're dancing and they're playing rugby. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and so and then yeah, and he plays the normal sort of football. Uh, yeah, we do surfing in the summer and skiing in winter. Wow. <laughs> once, wow. once a year, both. So it's all about guys, though, isn't it? Getting those kids yeah, active. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, try, them and to and play rugby to with their mates. Absolutely. Trying to find something that they. Crossing over. 
the benefit yeah. of ballet, you know, being able to step off both feet, the yeah. flexibility, yeah. The, the movement, the core, the yeah, the core, being able to recognise where your body is in time and space, it's all crucially important for rugby. Yes. Well, ladies, I'm going to leave you, leave you in peace. Thank you. Now. Thank you, lovely Thank you so much. You. Really good to meet. I'm going to go and annoy some other people now. <laughs> Hello, my lovely. How are you? Good. So my name's Rob, and I'm recording for the podcast. What's your name? Isabel. Speak up. Isabel. Isabel. Yeah. And uh, have you got a sister or a dad or someone here or a mum? My dad's there. And are you not playing today? No, I hurt my ankle doing stats. Oh dear. Come on, talk to me about that. How did you hurt your ankle? Oh, um, I was running down the path and I tripped on a tree root. Ah, was that at night? Uh, yeah. So you didn't see it? No. No. Where, where would you normally play for? What side? Um, I you play the rugby with other people? Yeah, I yep. play with England. So what age group is that? Uh, under 13s, I think. Under 13s. Did you come down here and play with your mates? Uh, yeah. Are they all school at school with you? Yeah. Yeah? And you're missing it today because yeah. your ankle's sore. Yeah. Never mind. Lovely to talk to you. I'm getting some looks from over here. Tell me who you are, sir. Oh, I'm Chris. How are you doing? Is that? That's my daughter. That's your young lady? Yeah. Okay. So you're stood out here in the pouring rain yeah. at the rugby club yeah. with one daughter Injured. mopping about. Yeah. Have you got another one out there? Mm, my other one is uh, used to play for the under-13s okay. um, and then stopped playing to take up referees. Wow. So she's just, she's just finished her online referees course. Wow, that's fantastic. To take after her dad. Fantastic work. And will that yeah. be specifically for young women? Uh, she 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 would like to emulate Sarah Cox and Nikki O'Donnell yep. and become okay. a professional um, women's referee. Fantastic. So that would be uh, brilliant. Yeah, she's she's starting at the right age, 14. Yeah. You know, she's got a few years to get up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think she'll do really well. And probably in 20 years' time, she'll still won't know all the rules. No referee does. <laughs> Have you counted how many laws there are in the law book? <laughs> I failed. I failed my exam many times, many, many times. How many years have you been involved in refereeing and playing? I've been a referee for now for 17 years, wow. and I play. I've been playing, or I started rugby 40 years ago. 40 years, fantastic! Look at that, 40 so, years experience, folks. All the way, all the way from when you could do high tackles. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was there all then. All the way up to now. <laughs> oh dear, you're on the yeah. floor sort of stuff into the modern exactly. variations of it now. Yeah. An improvement, do you think? Yes, I think it's a much better game. <coughs> safer. Um, safer. Yeah. Um, easier to control, easier to ref, Yes, do you think? I think it, well, if good referees, it's good, easier to ref because um, I think a lot of what was happening in the old days about boots on bodies was because the referee wasn't actually refereeing properly. Mm-hmm. So now we're refereeing properly, yep. you don't get that and no. you don't need that. No, you don't. No. Yeah. No. We, we lament the passing of it, us <laughs> old sweats. When not, you... not my back when I was <laughs> exactly. an open side flanker, oh, all the dear. scars that came when You wake up in the morning, look a reverse <laughs> negative of a zebra because you've been stamped on all over. Okay. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Is it more enjoyable, do you think, to referee nowadays? Do you think the players have a greater understanding of the game yes i think uh i think uh there there's always been a good rapport between rugby referees and players uh-huh. i think there's still that respect there uh, a few times because it's more an accessible game we're getting families join and spectators join that have never played in the old days so they haven't really got that reg- yep. rugby spirit yet but yep. they, they they soon come around to it and start respecting the referee and respecting decisions because let's face it 
We've only got two eyes. Absolutely. We haven't got eyes in the back uh, of our head. Uh, and it would be and we're going to miss things. It wouldn't that be tedious <laughs> yeah, if you exactly. got everything right? We're going to miss things. Yeah. And it's okay as long as, like I refereed yesterday, <coughs> uh, I'm sure I missed a knock on. The captain looked to me and I go, sorry, mate. <laughs> sorry. I was looking the other way. That's the beauty <laughs> of rugby, though, isn't it? And you, okay, well, let's crack on. We've got another 80 minutes to fill and I'm sure there'll be another one exactly. that we can. Uh, and it will yeah. go your way next time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, it, refereeing, and I know we're going slightly off target because yeah. the girls are out. Yeah. Doing doing their thing. Refereeing is that? Do you get paid for that? Do you get subs? Are people uh, that are interested in. It depends which society. It depends which society. Are. You start by doing um, an online course and then a face-to-face course, mm-hmm. um, and then you uh, join a society. And depending on which society you join, depends on how they manage it. Certain okay. richer societies will give you lots of kit yes. and then pay your travel expenses okay. to a game. Right. Uh, poorer societies. Um, may just pay your expenses to a game. Okay. Um, when you get to RFU level, if you get up to uh, good enough to get up to the RFU level, which is the national pa- national uh, um, leagues, uh, then yes, they they give you a small fee. Um, it's n- it doesn't compensate you no. for your whole day, but it's a, it's a nice gesture. Yeah. Um, As you say, it's more yeah, of a gesture than exactly. A, yeah. It's a nice gesture um, because we're meant to be semi-professional because we're refereeing semi-professionals. Yep, of course. Um, but yeah, we get our expenses and we get nice kit every year. <laughs> well, on behalf of rugby players yeah, everywhere, yeah. thank you for your time because yeah. no ref, no game. Exactly. You know. It's as simple as that. And I think a lot of players, certainly as they get a bit older in life, understand that actually you're not paid without yeah, no. without that referee yeah. you're not playing rugby and and we don't you know yeah we we, we, we try our best that's Good. all, we, yeah, you do, all yeah. we can do yeah absolutely yeah yeah hopefully the values of rugby still are there most that allow you to enjoy most the game as much as the players yeah. do that's yeah. what it's all about actually it's just enjoying quite right having a kick around with your mates on a saturday yeah exactly yeah and more, mostly, mostly to do yeah more yeah. the beer after yeah. isn't it yeah. <laughs> often age, do you notice with the younger um younger more sportsman like guys coming through that they don't the, the clubhouse doesn't seem to be the focal point for them is the game more of a focus uh, I yes I think there are there, there's more as well certainly at the, 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 the national levels yeah. uh, you know they turn up they play the game yeah. they have a mere, they, they may have a, maybe a beer yeah. after and then go yeah um, they're, they're not the old days where you could you know local clubs still do it um, where you can have a good old sing-song afterwards and the the standing on the chairs and fines and all that (laughs) sort of stuff which is still a part of rugby but it's slowly going out mainly because there is a uh, some people do feel intimidated by it so therefore you know it's trying to become rugby for all especially for the female game because a female going into that environment that male dominated environment it's not very conducive to them wanting to play so there are certain things that the yeah. male game has to do and come into the modern times to allow everybody to play. Yeah, fantastic. Really, food for thought, that, yeah. isn't it? Food yeah. for thought. That's the change of the modern game, yeah. the psyche, the focus of what people actually want out of the sport is slowly changing. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much for your time. No problem. Pop over there and just speak to some international <laughs> rugby players, you know, just happen to be loitering around. Hey, Rob, going so it's going to squelch across the field. <coughs> Probably in a non-squelchy way. So I, I can see a couple of uh, couple of players over there. So we've got Poppy Cleal and Mackenzie, professional rugby players. I'm just going to go and uh, go and grab them for 30 seconds and ask them how they're doing. Oh, just walk myself through the middle of the game. Hello, lovely. So we are recording for the podcast. No, you're not. We're not. We oh, are. Mac- are you going on, eh? Yeah, I'm good. 
I'm going to talk to Matt. Hello. Uh, I'm going to talk to Matt. You get on the oh, field. Sure, yep. Right, hello, lovely. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Right. How are you? So this is a podcast. Sure, cool. Talk, tell me about who you are, what you do for a living, sure. yep. and what brings you down here today. Cool. Uh, my name is Mackenzie Carson, and um, I'm a rugby player for Saracens in Canada. And what brought me down here today is just to come out and see some girls playing rugby and hopefully uh, chat to them a little bit about what it's like to be a semi-professional rugby player. Fantastic. Talk to me about your journey then. Did it start on a field like these young ladies Yeah, are? it did. It started, it's called Abbotsford RFC, is my home club. Shout uh, out for them. Yeah, shout out to them back home in Canada. And I started when I was about eight or nine years old, playing with the boys all the way up through age grade rugby and then yeah. had a natural kind of progression into the senior side of So what position do you play? I play hooker, so yeah, front row. Sure oh, so front row yeah, well, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> shout out to the front rows That's as well. <laughs> Shout out to all the front rows who yeah. can't look left this morning. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, so your journey then started in the same sort of place as these, these guys' journey. Yep. When you play for Saracens, so you play professional rugby for Saracens, does that professional club have the same feeling as your club when you were eight or nine years of age? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's rugby and we play rugby because we love it and because yeah. it's fun. I think obviously as you get a bit older, it's a little bit different and it turns into more of like a bit of professionalism, a bit okay. of, you know, a job. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we love running around and doing these kinds of drills. It's exactly what we live yeah. for. So, yeah, you know, yeah, we play rugby because we love it. So yeah. Just get to run around with your mates. Exactly, exactly. Throw and a ball around. What's better than being out on, on a rainy Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out, you know, laughing with your friends. So, so what's yeah. your, um, so professional rugby player, um, you know, I know what I do. It isn't what you do. <laughs> Talk me through what your week looks like. Yeah, so it's so. pretty it's pretty full on. We have kind of, you know, gym four to five times a week and wow. then we're on field um, doing day skills for, for three times a week and then we're in um, in the evenings just Tuesday, Thursdays because we're kind of in that in that era where there's still amateurs and there's like professional and I kinda of sit somewhere in the middle of that whereas like Poppy would be kind of the full full end of professionalism. So we're only on field twice a week and then we're playing at the weekend. So it is pretty full on but uh, yeah, I wouldn't change it for, for the world so how many more years do you think? Because as a hooker, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'd like to think that I'm I'm pretty young at this point. So I'm How only I'm so only 22. 22. Wow. So I, I would fantastically well at 22. I would hope that I have a few more years in the tank, but you know, yeah. being a front row, it's pretty hard on the body. Yeah, so. it wears you out physically. Yeah, yeah. So just hoping to play as long as I can, and then you know, um, onto the kind of coaching side of things would yeah, be a cool. great That's transition. Yeah, that's going to be your pathway. You're gonna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do a bit of coaching here and there, kind of when when it allows, but. Um, yeah, so I just want to stay in the rugby world for as long as I can. Fantastic. So, We're yeah. so grateful you're here. Thank you. Um, you're with, you're with obviously young Poppy over there who's just sashayed yeah. onto yes, the field, yeah. <laughs> onto a better word. But you said you were injured. Yes, so yeah, I'm just uh, recovering from a hamstring operation ah, about seven on, weeks On the ago. field injury? Or? Yeah, it was a you know typical front row thinking I'm a jackling queen. Absolutely. Went for a jackal and yeah. didn't didn't no, come out so hot. It happens to a lot of front rowers. <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah. Uh, just kind of part of the game. So. Okay, so in relation yeah. to that, are you getting, um, we would make an assumption, Saracens are giving you the best quality physio care? Yeah, yeah, so basically when I'm not on field, I'm in, in rehab and in the physio room doing the same kind of thing, up in the gym trying to get big and strong and, and get back to running as soon as yeah. possible. So, Those yeah. deep tissue massages. Yeah, just yeah, to, and uh, I'm really milking it too. I'm like, oh, my ankle hurts a bit now, my back, oh. So, yeah, they're taking good care of me, that's for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Stick around, obviously. We'll yeah. be chatting a little bit later. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for Kenzie. Oh, anyway, I've got Mr. Benson, the stalwart of club rugby in uh, Ellingham and Ringwood. How are you today, sir? Very well, very well. Very well. So we're out here supporting the Inner Warrior. We've got Poppy, one of our ex-players. Talk to me about your journey with Poppy. 
Crikey, that goes back an awful long time. Uh, when she first moved to the area from uh, up in uh, East Anglia, I think it was, uh, and she would have been about an under 10 then, I suppose, playing with the boys. So, uh, yeah, great to see her develop and great to see her uh, so committed to the club still as well. So her her performance excellence, shall we say, her pathway is purely down to you, isn't it? Uh, it has very little to do with me, it has to be said, that uh, uh, Poffy and her sister Bryony were both uh, yeah, excellent rugby players and uh, it was uh, a matter of just uh, yeah, keeping them on course really, all, all the talent was there, very little that I added. Yeah, I feel you're being modest on that, because if you look in the clubhouse at Ellingham and Ringwood, on the wall, you'll see pictures of a younger Mr Benson then lined up with teams with Poppy and this, that and the other, oh, pushing I, them on their pathways. I certainly uh, yeah, was uh, coached them for many, many years, but uh, yeah, I think I can take very little uh, uh, credit for the absolute <laughs> talent that there is there, but uh, we had some great fun along the way, and uh, not just with uh, the two of them, but that, that whole uh, squad was absolutely tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Does it make great... you feel proud when you see something, you know, see a, not a product, that's one thing to suggest, but... I, you know, a player that played for you, that you encouraged, that you encouraged, you coached, you developed, now running out in an England shirt, in oh, Poppy's definitely. example, or a Canadian shirt in Mackenzie's example. Yeah, def- de- definitely. And of course, we've got, uh, in addition to Poppy and Brani, uh, England, we've got uh, Lisa Coburn playing for Scotland uh, and Donna Rose playing for Wales, who were all in that same under 18 girls' wow. side. And uh, so it's hardly surprising we were pretty successful back in those days, really, <laughs> with that sort of talent about. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. see, thanks for much i'm going to uh, move on and see who else i can annoy your your son henry's over there he's presently running a coaching session i'll leave him to that they're doing some some passing drills at the minute and running around lots of bright colored socks and ringwood school tops yeah. and I've seen a Bournemouth top in there as well somewhere. Yeah. And it looks like we've got a mum in the middle as well. Yes, who's, we have. Who's just taking a rest. And <laughs> uh, I saw a son from Fordbridge, some from, from Fordbridge, Camberley. Uh, yeah, I spoke yeah. to um, a couple of ladies from Camberley over there. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic seeing these young ladies out on the field running around, smiles on faces, throwing a rugby ball around in the pouring rain. Can't say anything fairer than that, can you? <laughs> what more can you want? Right then, lovely. So we'll speak to you again later. Right, we're back on the other side of the pitch now. We've come across two spectators. Tell us who you are Hello and what there. you're doing here. Hello there, I'm Phil Lambert and I'm here watching my daughter play uh, for the under-13s. Where, where, where's your daughter? Point her out to me. Anya is the one in the Ellingham and Ringwood hoodie. Ellingham and Ringwood hoodie, so she's an Ellingham and Ringwood player. Indeed. <laughs> what does she get out of rugby then? Uh, a community, she gets a good set of friends, yeah. uh, a bit of fitness, which in a world of computers and, and video games is very important to actually get them out and about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, generally just has a huge amount of fun doing it. Fantastic. So she's essentially running around with her mates. Yep. With a rugby ball in exactly. the pouring rain whilst dad stands on the side or even coaches himself. Because you do a bit of coaching? I do, yes. I'm the under six coach. So me and my family only actually took rugby up last year. Fantastic. Um, so I took it up at 35, first time I ever picked up a rugby ball, and now play uh, very poorly, <laughs> but play nonetheless and give it my best shot in the uh, in the first. So we've had some good games. 
Uh, Anya has played for the under-13s, and my other, my son Harrison now plays in the under-6s. Fantastic. And I help out with the coaching there as well. So, so you've fully embedded yourself into rugby now. Yeah, you may as well go for it. Rugby has its hooks into you. Exactly, you may as well go for it. Ten years' time, you would have got through about nine washing machines. <laughs> and that you'll lament the day you ever thought, shall yeah. we just pop down to rugby club yeah. and see what that's And just about? see what's what. <laughs> you know, we like the game. Why don't we, you know, we used to watching <laughs> exactly. it. Why don't we give that a go? It doesn't look too bad. Yeah, it comes to us all, unfortunately. <laughs> Listen, Phil, thank you so much for your time. You. I'm going to pop over and quickly say hello to Henry, who's sent his kids off for a quick water break. So a little splosh across the field. Uh, Henry's just been running a session of at least 15 or 20 young ladies with all sorts of different stuff. Henry, how are you today? Very well, thank you. You recovered sore, after yesterday? Yeah, after yesterday, talk to us about yeah. yesterday. Uh, and I had two really good games of rugby. Um, I had the women on first, they're playing Dockers in, in Dockers' first ever game, so obviously we were a little bit more experienced than they were, but um, they played some really fantastic rugby, great defensively, and, and they played some nice attacking stuff as well. So had that game, and then it was a quick warm up and, and off to, the, to play for the men's team. So uh, yeah, and again, that was a no, no holds barred game. That was. Yeah. Massive physical Hard, game yeah. from what I saw. Yeah, no, it was great to be a better way. Um, yeah, so yeah. enjoyed playing in that one and lucky enough to get two home wins. So fantastic. Really what, what's what's the schedule today then? What's the session you've just run? Uh, so basically, we just run uh, some different condition touch games uh, to get going. So we've had any direction touch, we've had rugby netball, we've had two touch rugby, we've attacked different uh, coloured try lines. Um, we're just going to come back in and, and sort of adapt that slightly now. Um, look at some more two touch and making. Just preparing a little bit for contact. Not going to do much contact today, but just some games that help to sort of wrap the arms and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, looking really good, and hopefully they're enjoying it. So, progression within these small little training scenarios important. You go from a loose game to touch essentially yeah. anything goes into a more conditioned game into yeah. something else. And it, it's just really before they know it, they're playing rugby. It started off in, in any direction, and now just little conditions bring it in and it looks more like aim rugby than it yeah. did before so yeah, yeah. really effective I think, really so. easy to say we'll write all that down on a plan yeah I know from experience actually quite hard to implement that yeah and you've got that thing in your head the file of facts of gameplays in your head that's yeah. ticking over daily do you stick rigidly to your plans during the no. day or do you um, and if you <laughs> ask Andy about the session I've just done and what was written down it's probably very different but um, yeah we just we adapt as we go and see where we are fantastic so, yeah. listen you girls are back I'll let, I'll let you crack on before awesome. they get cold really right ladies fun. give us a wave yes ah this is an older an older oh, child an older hello older child who are no. you I'm Katie Hicks and I'm Katie. mother to Lara and I'm here just to embarrass her and to get involved Clearly. love it enjoying it yeah, it's all right, because I, I play hockey, so it's it's really strange, different. Multi-sporter. So, yeah, yeah and I, I find going forward, it's fine, <laughs> but I normally hang back when I do, because I play defence, okay, so therefore I do lots of channeling. You're always looking to, to try and... So, yeah, yeah I'm a bit yeah. baffled on the going round back. Don't worry, run run yeah. forward, pass back, that's all you need to know. It's, fine, no, it's yeah. a simple thing. Yeah, just, what just, does what does young Katie get out of rugby? Uh, me or my daughter, Your daughter Lara. Sorry. Lara, sorry, oh, she, sorry. Oh, she loves it. She loves all the um, all of her friends do it as well. So she likes the social thing, and actually, she's quite good. And she quite she just just enjoys the I suppose the adrenaline rush of just doing it. And so, but in, and I think because she gets success out of it, yeah. she just kind of wants to keep Course doing it, it and because yeah. her friends do it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, she's so locally school. Yeah, or she's Ringwood Ringwood School. Ringwood so uh, presumably her mates are from her year group. Yeah, they're all there. She started when she was a lot younger here. Um, we brought up my son to play, 
and then she just went so that she was under eights and she just went well yeah. I'll have a go combination and into just, under and then, 11s and, and now then... and my, all three of my kids so two girls and boys all play here um, so yeah you're officially a rugby widow so yeah that's basically <laughs> it's better <laughs> don't uh, do anything so I thought I'd come and join in and fantastic and why so, not yeah. and why not so, perfect opportunity days. to have a run around and, and see Lara's friends also. love having me here as well of course they do delighted listen I'll, I'll let you I'll let you carry on well yeah, done I see what I'm doing <laughs> So we're recording for the podcast. Okay. Tell me who you are and what you do. I'm, do you want a full name? Whatever you wish to impart to the uh, nation. Jess Lawrence. Uh-huh. Um, I play for the ladies. Played yesterday against Dorset Dockers, yep. which was good fun. And so just down here to, you know, so, anyone wants us so to run around. Your, your babies aren't out there? You're, no. No? Okay. Very, I'm very young. Can you not tell from my youthful face? Oh, come on. There's no chance I could have children <laughs> of this age. So you played yesterday against the Dockers, yeah, which was yeah. their first ever game. Their women's side was their first game, as I understand. So I know. I don't think. I think they've had games before, haven't oh, okay. they? I might be wrong. I, they haven't played in a league before, but I think maybe they've had friendlies because they've been going for a couple of years now. Okay. I think. All right. Um, but they were. It was good. They were a good side. They were just really up for it, yeah, which is great. Well, they just loved it. And don't turn up for the rugby pitch unless well, you're not quite, up for it. Yeah. But because we played, we started off doing um, 20 minutes of touch, and yeah. then we were going to do three 20 minutes or four 20 minutes I can't remember uh, yeah, four three 20s, 20s yeah. of yeah. full contact and after two 20s the ref was like oh maybe we call it and they were like no, no. we want to do the last 20 which is really good yeah. um, so it was nice it was good fun and what position do you play? so I usually play number 8 okay. but I had a uh, my first ever go in the backs yesterday been playing rugby since I was 13 on and off and I've never worn a shirt above an 8 so that was quite terrifying but it was good fun it was, you enjoy you know, it? yeah loved it it was really good um, so all the fuss is about yeah I mean it's quite chilled really in the back it's lots of time to do your makeup yeah, sure a bit cold it. yeah, exactly. yeah um, uh, as a fellow forward myself yeah. I, I feel your pain yeah sorry you want me to play where yeah no I loved yeah. it I um, I essentially bullied Henry into letting me have a go so. I think that's fair yeah I, yeah you know, Basically, do what he's told. Exactly, that's yeah. what coaches are for. Absolutely, to, uh, yeah, yeah. be bullied by the yeah, well, they, they are actually there to allow you to experience all aspects of the game, yeah. etc. Aren't they? So, exactly. if you had the desire to play in the backs exactly. for, for a game, and you're down here today in the pouring rain. In the pouring rain, <laughs> yeah. Sunday, exactly. Supporting rugby. Exactly. Thank you so much. Rugby is the best. Rugby is a fantastic <laughs> sport. I and genuinely believe that. Yeah, and after like yesterday was so, I just had such a good day because we stuck around um, to watch the men as well. Yeah. And uh, it just, number one, it felt like normal life, which was amazing. There were so many people down here. Um, and it was just, it was just such a good club atmosphere. And obviously the men winning as well was great. That looked intense, that though, was, that game. That was, that a very intense Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it I'm was I'm so great. glad I didn't put my hand in the air for that yeah. particular match. Um, but, uh, but no, it's great. So I thought, you know, you've got to come and Absolutely, because the the, these young ladies are the future of yeah. your side possibly yeah, or, exactly. or or of another and side generally rugby as well, yeah you know. yeah so, it's really important one jordan one of the other ladies who's actually getting it's the lovely in. jordan how yeah. are you today jordan you I'm played yesterday well. you saw today no i'm all right you're okay <laughs> i'm okay thank you, you. Sure? did about. you work yesterday or 
No, went no, home. We, weekend off? Yeah, went and had an afternoon tea. Afternoon tea? How civilised. I know. How civilised. And you're here today in the pouring rain, supporting our lovely young ladies. Exactly. What do you get out of that, other than getting soaking wet in the rain? Hopefully they'll come and join the women's in a few years' time. So we're looking legacy sort of yeah. stuff, they perhaps maybe look to you. Oh, yeah, I remember I Jordan. It. Maybe Poppy. <laughs> You'll be surprised. You'll maybe. be surprised what that little tiny influence you yeah. might have today might have on a young mind that's over there yeah yeah listen i'm gonna go and get in the dry yeah i am as well <laughs> good luck <laughs> gonna, oh make a, gonna make a run for it so we're taking a quick interlude <laughs> at the rugby club you can hear from the screaming and shouting we've had a a massive rain squall has just come in and now everybody's retired to the tent <laughs> which fortunately was put up on um, Thursday last by a wonderful volunteers to allow the, the kids somewhere to shelter if it starts to rain really hard. But, uh, sorry, my lovely. Lots of happy, smiley faces in the pouring rain. Oh, Chris is back again. He, he's still smiling. He's still smiling. <laughs> Let's go and have a little mix and match. <clears throat> Ladies, so we're recording for the podcast. Would you like to tell the audience who you are, what school you go to, why you're here? Um, I'm Ray Lewis. I go to Priestlands. And what else do I need to What are you to doing? Priestlands. What if you play rugby for our team or I'm, another team? I play Ringwood. I play rugby for Ringwood. Yeah. There we go. And I played for Ringwood for four years. And I played rugby for five years. Fantastic. And I originally came from the Milton Rugby Boys. Okay, so you went up to age grade, up to 11, and then came over yeah. to us. And how about you, my lovely? Um, What's your name? Anna. Anna. Hello, Anna. Hello. You're obviously at the school, over the road. Yeah. yeah. Is this your first experience at rugby? No. No? Talk, talk, tell us about your rugby career um, so far. I've played rugby for like seven months, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's my first... Well, I haven't played rugby beforehand, I've always played for this club then. Okay. Yeah. And you come, why, why, why choose rugby? Um, mainly because my main club, mainly because my main club junior was closed and I needed to something else to do. And then I, I guess I just carried Fantastic. on doing rugby. Came down to the rugby, played with your mates? Yeah. Your friends? So who are you? Oh, no, I'm good. She's good, doesn't want to be interviewed. Yeah. But you play, so you come down to the rugby club, your mates from school or... They play rugby as well? No. You make no, mates so at rugby. You're making mates at rugby? Yeah. Fantastic. Right, the rain has now stopped. They can all go back out again. So back in the tent, the rain has stopped. We've just kicked the kids back out. And I'm here with Roger. Roger, tell me who you are and what you do for the club. Hi, name's Roger. I'm the junior chair, or kids first chair. Um, I'm the lead coach for the under-11s and my main job is being Sebi's sponsor and Sophia's driver to make sure they get to all of their commitments on time. So we've got young Sebi stood here. Yep. You obviously play for the boys. What side are you in, Seb? So I'm in the Ellingham and Ringwood under-11s. Under-11s. Yeah. And you're obviously a prop or something like that, are you? No. No? What position do you play? I'd probably be like a scrum half, a little one. Scrum half. He's a little one. <laughs> Fast, dexterous, can pass off both hands. Good looking. All the Good usual looking. scrum half traits. That's the sort of stuff. And your daughter, she out there tonight? Yeah, Sophia's out there. Um, she started playing rugby about... 
three years ago. Um, Sebi played when he was four, Sophia took it up a bit later, and it was purely all of her friends from school. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, she's absolutely loving it. Absolutely brilliant. And you're here out today in the pouring rain, hiding in a tent because it's raining. <laughs> Trying our best to, to stay uh, semi with yeah. semi yeah, dry. Fantastic. Right, let's move on and find some Good Thank to see you, you Roger. Mind again, mate. Exactly. Here we are, we're back with the supporters. We have a very old school player alongside me. Tell me who you are. My name's Tony Cosgrove. Tony, how many years have I known you? I have probably known you, James, since. <laughs> I've probably known you, Rob, for nearly 20 years, I'd say. 20 years, man and boy. Man and boy. Sadly, I've spent quite a lot of the 20 years with my head stuck between your legs, because I used to be a second row and you were a prop. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you down today? Well, a lot of things bring me down today. Firstly, I think it's amazing that our local athletes get access to, you know, world-class talent like this. Yeah. And it is just, you know, for somebody today out there looking at the 30 or 40 young girls that we've got playing, hopefully it's going to change one of their lives. You know, and it's really amazing to see that, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And I think, I think there's a responsibility in all of us who think sport is important to come along and, and play a part and support it. And you know, and even if we just end up picking up the cones at the end of this session, or if we just buy a cup of tea or something, I think it's an important part of, of the process that yeah. it's a you know the community gets involved and everybody has a role here. Yeah. I mean, how how rare is it? Two world-class players, one of them recently Six Nations Player of the Tournament down at our little rugby club. I know. I know. If you think if this was the the football version of this, you know, imagine if we had the best footballer from the European Championships which is essentially what the Six Nations is you're like oh goodness me you, you wouldn't know, be able to move you would not be able to move <laughs> and you know and not only do we have Poppy here but she's from our club absolutely you know which makes it you know yeah. particularly special isn't yeah. it came particularly up special. through our programme much the same as these young ladies are going to do spent her youth rugby at Ellingham and Ringwood indeed and moved on to yeah. bolder and brighter things indeed but if you look over the shoulder at the board there in the, in the clubhouse Poppy's name is on the board as you know one of the yeah. the best junior of her year and it's it's fantastic to see that heritage and fair news to her she must have a very busy schedule to come back and to, to fly the flag with us it's great it's really yeah. good and it it just kind of underlines what rugby's about you know it's hissing down rain and then the sun's <laughs> breaking the, the rocks open the weather is not very kind to us but we've still got 40 girls out and yeah. coaches doing their thing and um, yeah it's wonderful it's great to see you've got a couple of senior players out there as well young ladies that played yesterday against Dockers they've come down to support today just to uh, cheer the girls on and give them something to run out a little bit later maybe and try and give them a sort of a mentor coaching element within life really that the, these young ladies will come up through their age grade mm. um, into full-blown senior rugby yeah. um, it's a fantastic thing to see Thank and I've just, so spent, I've just spent um, 10 years coaching the the males the, the boys because I, I took a team from under sixes to under 16s and it's quite interesting watching the difference between the boys and the girls so for, for about half of that time the boys and the girls were mixed on together oh, so as under 11s yeah under 11s and, and then we split off as the size difference just becomes a little bit too much and you know it's easy to kind of go well you know are there any kind of stereotypical differences here I think you hear more giggles and more enjoyment when the girls play and I think the girls are much more understanding of the benefits of what you get from it yep. so they're, they're, they're more kind of nurturing and encouraging because I think the boys are sometimes a little bit more focused on the kind of the achievements, doing the thing, you know? Yeah. And I think it's great to see them just kind of flourish. More and do cerebral that. players. More cerebral. Well, you're much brighter than me, so you'll well, know what that means. I'd I'm, I'm going to nod and pretend I know what that means. Big, well, you can stroke your beard at the same oh, time. Oh, yes, well, you are my hero. Too. So, Robbie, right. Much like you, I've, I've taken a very long coaching journey, and some of it has been 
girls or something that's been boys. Yes, and she I, looked I, after the Colts for quite a long time. I, didn't I you? have to say it's far more enjoyable coaching young women in the sport because they A, actually listen hmm. and B, try their hardest to implement what they've been told. Yeah. So more cerebral, they, are, they think more, in my personal opinion, after 30 years of coaching. Um, the young men tend to be far more overtly aggressive mm. and they will try to beat their way through it physically yes. yeah, whereas yeah, the young yeah, ladies yeah. will try to think their way through it absolutely and you know, we're trying to encourage a game of evading aren't we we're yeah, trying to encourage a, let the ball do the work find yeah. some space find the space sometimes it is easy just to stick and be jumping crashing to the nearest <laughs> bloke which is what us you know those ones who were particularly talented didn't have very many options but you know but you can see the girls here moving around you know they're well balanced they look for space and they encourage that in each yeah. other I think it's good they, they, they do communicate better with each other as well yeah, uh, they clearly like That's to gossip a lot. <laughs> that possibly may be a uh, yeah. a thing that a few of our listeners may have an issue with, but they they do yeah. communicate a lot better, young women. And I think when these when these sessions are happening, it's really important as part of the coaching program that we make space for the kids to gossip and to chat. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't be running a 90-minute session, which is flat out for 90 minutes. Yeah. We need to create downtime for them to catch up and to yeah. chat and to socialise because. Do you remember a couple of years ago, the RFU shared some research on why people play rugby? Yep. And for us dinosaur coaches, it was like, it's all about the win. It's all about the collision. It's not. Kids play rugby because they like playing rugby with their friends. And they like getting a little bit better. And they like making, having that social element. Yep. You know, winning was actually pretty irrelevant to them. So we need to facilitate that. We need to build a, a structure within which that can happen. So I think yeah. that's really important. Do you important. think we're getting that right at the club? In relation to both sides sectors, really? Or is there... Is there a ways to go and you could be honest because it's a podcast and yeah no there has to be a ways to go otherwise we're saying we're perfect and I think if we yeah. say we're perfect that would be a really bad thing because we need to have space to move into don't we yeah. I think we understand the importance of of the performance and we understand the importance of the social side and all that kind of stuff but could we do more of course we could because yeah we, we, we must be humble enough to say that we can always get better i think that'd be really important i think if any coach said no i think we're perfect at this you go well that's a red flag right we're, we're never perfect at things we could always get better you ask eddie james <laughs> how long have you got says the irishman <laughs> what are your thoughts on that johnny so bring mr owen back in he's, he's sidled up alongside us he's, he's noticed two sage old toads <laughs> Talking absolutely absorb, absorb their wisdom. Absorbing their wisdom. <laughs> Thoughts on what Tony's had to say? I think that's spot on in terms of a, a, a P point of view. Obviously, I, I come from a teaching education background. Obviously, you're speaking to you two from a coaching background. Yeah. Um, and I think it overlaps the two. Um, from our point of view, is we, you wouldn't get the students, the girls, the boys coming to club, coming to extracurricular activity if they didn't enjoy it. Mm. So that has to be the, the core value, they're actually enjoying what they're doing. And, um, and if you can bring along a mate, that helps everyone. It's all about um, opportunity and engagement. Is it, is it hard, do you think, to embed enjoyment into a session? Does that make sense? So you, you may say, oh, you know, you're going to kick around with your mates, be it rugby, football, yeah. tennis, whatever. Is it is it hard or is that something that kids naturally have within them? I think it depends what the activity is, depending on the nature of the group and also the person leading the group as well. Mm-hmm. If they, because I can think of my own examples, if I'm turning up a bit grumpy in whatever sport, the weather's a bit miserable, if I'm not in the mood for it, they just feed off the, the mood and my, my uh, enthusiasm for it. So sometimes you've got to act and perform in front yeah. of the crowd. Okay. Um, 
from there, you know, you, you take the crap and yeah. take the students with you. Yeah. You know, if you had a comedian on stage, you clearly couldn't be there, then you're not going to enjoy the performance there. So, um, it's a big responsibility for everyone involved, whether it's the coaches, uh, the teachers, uh, parents, staff, guardians, whoever it is, to make the most enjoyable experience possible. And I'm saying, and winning is a byproduct. You know, if they're enjoying what they're doing, chances are they're going to improve their skill level. They improve their skill level, we increase the chance of winning. But enjoyment has to be the number one priority. Interesting thoughts there, listeners. I think one thing I'd say is if you are a coach, you need to think about what makes an enjoyable session and put that together. So you need variety, um, you need progression, you need challenge, um, you need to find time and space for the kids to have their own little conversations and you need to kind of be conscious about that. You can't just go, oh that, well that wasn't great. It's like, well why did you put together a session that didn't deliver that? You know, be honest with yourself, ask yourself the question and go, what happened there? And then just build on it next time. Just try and make it 1% better next time. That's all you can really do, I think. And I think making it challenging for everyone as well. Because like, if you go with one idea, one drill, it might not work for okay. 85% of them. So there's no point well, in only one or two students improving. The coach's playbook is voluminous. Yeah. In that just Because you, in your mind, you think, right, okay, played at the weekend, need to work on this. And you may rock up to that session yeah. and you just look in their eyes and go, yeah, they don't need that. They yeah. need to play football with a rugby ball. Yes. And off you go. Yeah. You know, so that, that ever ever increasing skill set that the coaches have. Um, were you? Would you say you were supported as a coach within the club, or were you literally just left to do your own devices, get your qualifications, and then just run your? Just we run were very al- we were very autonomous. Yeah, I would say we were very autonomous. And I think if I'm being honest, I quite like that. Yep. I think I could have got more support if I wanted it, okay. but I, I consciously didn't go looking for it. I think I kind of thought I quite like paddling my own canoe here. Yeah. You know, with my little group of people, my little group of players, <laughs> and we'll crack on and do what we do. Um, I stopped coaching about 18 months ago. Looking back, I think I would have been a better coach if I'd had looked for more support. I think I would have been a better coach if I had maybe spent a couple of weeks with the under nines and then brought the under nine coach up. Or if I had people like Andy here. Uh, Towards the end, Andy Andy kind of came on stream and we used Andy quite a bit in the end. I think we had Andy earlier. Again, I think that would have made me a better coach. I think that kind of cross-pollination is really important. Otherwise, you end up just having that group thing. Can you imagine like the three of us and we said, right, we're going to set up a coaching team. We could go off and do our thing. I think we were great. But you need somebody to come in from outside to challenge that, don't you? To have a different insight and ask you some some difficult and challenging questions. And I I think that's the hallmark of a good coach. Somebody who makes themselves feel uncomfortable, just as we would like to move the players into uncomfortable places. Can I ask you a question, Chairman? Um, In terms of engagement and the the national issue of dropout, especially when we get to maybe 14, definitely 16, um, is there anything you're doing as a club trying to reduce the dropout? Because obviously, from a teaching point of view, we have mass numbers at year 7, 8 and 9, and then other interests, other um, pressures on their life. Uh, Life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. We we go from having 30 playing rugby in year 7 to then just the... 14 yeah. potentially when you get to year 11 we, and we, more so when it comes to the girls side as well there's certainly I've noticed it especially more so with the girls to be fair when they come up into the top 16 to 18 the attrition level is quite high and much as we much as we would try and emphasize to the kids that sport is equally as important as education yeah. as the set and the other I think we just have to accept that at certain points in young ladies lives that yeah. the interest 
starts to starts to wane there's a you know developmental issues there's physical issues this is that and the other we do try and use our basis here that no matter where you go or what you do you'll still have that original group of mates that you first started playing rugby with but that's a really interesting area for the mm. club to look at isn't it yeah what does the club need to do yeah. to ensure that these kids stay within the sport yeah. whether they're playing or whether they're you know, chap over there yeah. his daughter's just qualified as a referee yeah. but she's 14 years of age she wants to be a professional referee is that the pathway that that player may choose to take rather than yeah. rather than playing physically in the team um, and that's a really interesting area for the club to look at we're very very blessed that we've spent invested in in the kids and actually I think we're probably at that level now that we that's probably the way to start looking at it what do we got to do to keep these kids engaged in our sport because they're the future. Do you ever think there's an argument that we should think outside rugby? And that we should think more kind of holistically as yeah. a, we are in the business yep. of providing sport? I don't think, again, I was chatting to another chap over there and a supporter over there about has rugby changed? Mm. It used to be match day was match day. Yes. Yeah. I'll see you at midnight. You walk out the door at 12. Yeah, yeah. And you, and, were, and you get poured home. Yeah, more and more now I think the players are playing it for the sport, for the mm-hmm. physical benefits mental benefits and not so much for the clubhouse yes so that's a challenge certainly for this club as it is for every club and then you add the layer on of a specific style of rugby a specific age grade yeah. um, issues that the girls bring um, it's a real challenge yeah and that's something we've yeah. got to step up to the plate and yeah. start looking at yeah because because I think you know, I think in the future not just our club or our sport but I think all all sports We'll be trying to provide a much more broader based yeah. offer. So it's yeah. like we might have rugby at our core, yeah. but we also do circuits. Mm-hmm. We also we play a bit of badminton. We we're gonna do the we're gonna go down to the beach and have a swim. You know, yeah. we're gonna provide much more varied opportunities for you to be physically active with, yeah. with rugby probably at its core, but not our sole offering. Because yeah. you know, back forty years ago, well, I started coaching what, ten or twelve years ago, and even then like under eight were kind of mauling. Do you know it? It seems like something from Jurassic Park. Why would you, why would you train under eights to shove it up their jumper? You know, and you've got to be open to that evolution. You've got to yeah. be open to what people actually need. Yeah, that's a very, I mean, it's a very good way of putting it, Tony. The sport is evolving. We as a club have to make sure that we recognise that mm. and move in the direction that it's going in. Yeah. If we wish to retain our players. Yeah. because it's very easy to lose them very hard to get them and very easy to lose yeah, them yeah and, and we owe it to them to keep yeah. them because we know it's in you know stand beside a PE teacher here who'll be able to tell us all the very positive kind of society benefits you know and we're a very small cog in that but we have a responsibility to make sure that we, we give them what, what we know they need yeah. because they're going to yeah. look back and thank us in 15 I years I think time. it is that positive relationships whether it's club or it's school what can we do together to make sure yeah. um, we're giving young people the best opportunity if they come out of rugby but they go then to do something else absolutely, absolutely fantastic absolutely. as long as they're doing something yeah. positively yes. I, and I've, I've thing. said openly on podcast previously that actually engagement in sport is the key yes I would prefer it to be rugby yeah. yes. because that's my sport but if yeah. it's football that's fine yes. if it's tennis netball yeah. whatever the kid chooses to play yeah. it can only be a positive thing and I think one thing that we've traditionally done quite well here is we've encouraged the kids to have a diverse range of sporting activities we haven't said to them if you play rugby for us that's what you should do we said no go and do kickboxing go yeah. cycle your bike row run hockey whatever else Athletics, is you want to do ballet it's and all yeah useful. exactly yeah. and if we only get you for 50% of the time 
so be it because you're having a well-rounded sporting experience and yeah. we will welcome you back with open arms well-rounded experience you know, I think maybe back back in the day where you're year 7 so what 11, 12 years old a bit shorter than everyone a bit wider than everyone so you're pigeonholed in the front row and that's where you ever played and actually you never have an opportunity to yeah. pass the ball but actually by the time you get to 16, 17 you're 6 foot 3 <laughs> 15 stone be great in the centres but you know you're swearing on because you, got, you haven't got the rounded skill set yeah. so give an opportunity yeah. <clears throat> so we need to push out as a club that's that's a challenge for us as a club to recognise where we need to push out into the what, areas and what, what does it that takes mean to, then to, to push out look outside of the spectrum of rugby mm. so look outside of the fact that we need bums on seats for the match yeah look outside perhaps into what the players need more do they need you know a multi-gym around the corner or mm. a set of ropes to climb up or do they need just to go down the beach and have a barbecue or do they need you know, tug of war rather than rugby training. Yeah, and that's that's the challenge for the club, isn't it? And I do we have any idea who would be a good role model? Has anybody done anything like this before that we could learn know. from? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah, I, I generally don't know. Let's go on a road trip. Road trip. Let's let's uh, let's invite the listener. New, New Zealand podcast at ewrfc.com. Let us know your thoughts. If you've been involved in sport, you've been involved in coaching sport, mentoring, developing sports people of any age or sex. Let us know. Let us know where we as a club need to work on and how we can do that. Um, it's a journey, folks. We're all on it. Okay, guys, thank you. I'm going to go over here and talk to some ladies now. Thank you, sir. Okay, so we're recording for the podcast, ladies. No chance. I said to Dunk, you tell Gordy, I love him, well, it is but live. I hate him. If there's two ladies that like chatting... Yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to stand in the middle. I'm not a lady. Just stand in the middle of these two and listen to them gossip, basically. So who are you and who are you supporting? My name is Claire Taylor. Claire Taylor, who are you supporting? I am supporting Kitty Taylor. Where's Kitty? Um... Very wet don't somewhere. even know, do you? No, I don't. She's over there on no. the field, being looked after, playing yes. rugby with oh, her mates. Oh, she's just touched a ball. There you go. So it's all you need to know. Yes. She's on the field, playing yes. rugby with her mates, yes, isn't it? Yes, exactly. What values does she impart within the rugby field? Do you think? Values. Is it values that you have taught her, or is it values that she's learned as a teammate, as a no, team I member? No, think, I think she's learned to work as part of a team. Okay. Um, she enjoys coming. At rugby? Yes. Not at home? No. No, of course not. <laughs> well, frankly, we don't care what it is. She enjoys at home, the friendships it? and the having fun and the fitness. Okay. Um, she's not a massively competitive person. No? Okay. Um, but she enjoys coming along and having fun with her mates. She plays rugby with her mates. Is that from the school, the local school? Or yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay. And other schools. And other schools. Obviously, she's done it for quite a few years now. So yeah. she's do you ever feel when you hear her talk, do you ever feel that she's, you know, there's pride? Oh, I play for Ringwood and Ellingham yeah. and Ringwood, is it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. She talks to her friends at school about it as well. So yeah. Yeah, I think um, that's what we try and instill is that team yeah. team method. Not just the, the girls she goes to school with, yeah. the girls from other schools that yeah. come here. And when they're here, they're a they're a team, not just a yeah. group. They're just everyone dressed in the shirt, it doesn't matter where yeah, it doesn't matter. where they've been educated, where yeah. you know, the mum and dad or not at home and that sort yeah. of thing. They come along with their mates and um exactly. I was chatting to a couple of fellas over there who are looking at you know where where these guys where the club needs to go in the future for them so at the minute you know it's traditional rugby turn up on a training night and get 
some training exposure and then over a weekend you, you get to play a match. Is that enough for a young player? Or should the club be looking at different avenues of outlets like beach training, barbecues, yeah. more social aspects for the kids? I think, think this year has been different, hasn't oh, it? COVID, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we went on tour and we had a couple beach barbecues and that, they really enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay, so that's an area maybe that the yeah. club can be pushing yeah. into? Yeah, definitely. What would, what would be the benefits to the players for that? I think it would mix them up you know get get as, them to know yeah. each other better and, okay. and children from other schools so that's from what you're saying that's the social aspect yeah yeah it's all team yeah. all team building and confidence building confidence yeah and that yeah. that probably is one of the main things for us <clears throat> is the confidence aspect yeah not just for rugby for everything outside of rugby as well yeah um becoming becoming a confident person yes yeah. knowing your place in society and yeah and also from a rugby perspective just something different retaining interest you know keeping them wanting to yeah. come um, yeah. not being the same thing all the time so yeah. does Kitty play any other sports or she any plays other? netball oh, okay. with some of the same girls okay and that's for hoops yeah yeah, yeah. we have uh, two of our fine hoops coaches yeah, well, right. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> no no I'm just being told no, yeah, no. no. see they are listening <clears throat> yeah, yeah so so she's played hoops for a while as well cool um, do you think do you think both sports are compatible or does it matter no, can you play ballet really. and rugby? Yes. Is essentially the question. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can take yeah. benefit from both sports. Yes. Yeah. 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 Kitty wouldn't be the best ballet dancer, but um, <laughs> but hoops and rugby, yes. Yeah, she enjoys it. That's yeah, amazing, isn't it? I think yeah. I think I think netball's really good actually to mix with rugby from a hand, you know, yeah, coordination, uh, coordination perspective. Yeah. There's there's some good catches and some not so good catches, yeah. and I do think the netballers are good with their hands. I think it's a massive gross motor skill. It's rugby yeah. is essentially a hand, yeah. you know, a hand passing game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And certainly netball definitely is. And you look at the the motor skills required to catch and throw a ball. Yeah, they yeah, are exactly. very very finely aligned. And, yeah. and the and the concept of finding space and all of that it mixes as well. Yeah. But yeah. doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Everything's well, perhaps we ought to branch out into netball as well. You never know. See, there's there's an avenue that the club could perhaps push into. Maybe. You know, perhaps we have a hidden, latent yeah. group of players yeah. that already could form the Ellingham and Ringwood Rugby Club netball team. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. They you might get some uh, opposition from down the road. We've so solved it. Yeah. We have. Well, listen, guys. I'll let you going to carry on and enjoy your time today. Listen to the podcast. E It's on uh, Twitter. Not Twitter. Podcast. Spotify, it's in Apple. All the have you listened to any before? I have. Yeah. They are your now stars of the show. There we go. Thanks, guys. Speak to you soon. So back on the field again. The uh, girls are just getting a brief from Andy. They've gone through their their warm up sessions, their condition touch. They've done some space games, uh, passing the ball issues. Now it looks like the field's been opened up. Uh, roughly half pitch from the five to the halfway line, 10 yards in, etc. Let me chat to Jonas, Duncan. Talk to me a little bit, Jonas, about what's going on here and where the day's taken us. So we've done, as you said, all the sort of main part of the actual session. We're now finishing with a match. So we're going, as you said, pretty well half pitch. We've got about, I don't know, 40 girls, so 15, 20 aside, whatever it might be. We're then going to finish with a big photo op in front of the clubhouse by the post, and then we're going to roll into the uh, the tent, the marquee for Q and A from your good self, Forty, with um with Poppy and Mackenzie to sort of finish off the session. So we'll finish about about three o'clock. But we've got some new girls who've never played rugby today. who have turned up and they're loving it. I mean, it's 
I think it's, they, may, they may have peaked being uh, playing with an England player on their first ever <laughs> rugby session. Um, we set the bar high. Yeah, the bar high. <laughs> it's not as good next week when, when, uh, when I'm coaching. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, well, where's, where's the international players? Exactly. Yeah, sorry, so, you've got me. Exactly. Yeah. But no, it's great to see, really. Henry and Andy did a great job. Um, so there's a complete mix of players from under-11s through to, through, through to mums. Um, Henry's now ref in the game. And we'll finish in about 15 minutes with a big photo, as I said, and then uh, in, into the live 40 Q&A. The, with that, into the, are we going to do that in the tent? Or in, 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 in the tent. Right, afterwards. let me, thank you. No thank worries. You, thank you. We'll speak to a bit. I'm just going to go over and chat to our ladies. There's a trio of gorgeousness over here. <laughs> trio of gorgeousness. How's it going, ladies? Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Who are you and what do you do? My name's Briny Cleal. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a professional rugby player. Who's that for? Um, okay, I'll do it properly. Hi, my name's Poppy Cleal and I'm a professional rugby player for Saracens and England Ladies. What brings you here today, Poppy? Um, I was born and bred in Alderholt, which is down the road from Ellen and Ringwood. And this is where I first started playing rugby for a club. Do you regret that? Do you regret that you stepped on the turf and then sort of 15 years later you're... 15? Oh, that makes me quite young. <laughs> I always think I was 7 or 8 when I started playing, so I wish it was only 15 years. But yeah, no, I have no regrets. Rugby's the best thing that's ever happened to me. There you go, folks. You heard it here the first. voice of wise people. Talk to me about your professional day then. Yeah, like a what, like a normal day? Yeah, so Mackenzie spoke to me about her Ooh. professional day, yep. which well, for her a, at the minute consists of laying around on massage I'll tables. Yeah, have a lion. <laughs> I wake up when I want, I yeah. eat what I want, and my mum can't tell me what to do. <laughs> no, so a professional day would be um, get to the gym, do some skills um, in a small group, like five or six players, and then do team training at the uh, end of the day, so we've got about three, three sessions a day. Okay. How many days a week? Um, that is two days a week, and then yeah. for that remaining three days a week, so I don't work at weekends unless there's a game. Yeah. I um, we go to the gym and do and do small skill sessions. Okay, much weight training and stuff like that, or is it mainly skills-based training, um, body weight exercises, that sort of thing? No, you're looking at four four gym sessions a week if you're not playing, and then three if you are playing. Wow. So upper body, lower body, total body, and then if there's um, a ge- uh, not a game then it's also another upper body session blimey and how is that regulated who who keeps control of how much you're doing and that is that does that come from the club or from England or uh, England so England are in complete control of us as players um, because that's where our contracts are based okay. so then we're seconded to our clubs yeah. um, so England S&C's have everything you know we get, have to send all our data and how far we've run every week okay. um, so if we did any top ups at weekends as who tells us what to do um, physios, we have to check in after every game with England physios because okay. they're the ones that pay our bills. Yeah, sure. So if you get weeks where maybe you're not, you know, you're not feeling it because we all get days, weeks. How does that? Are you able to skip? Can you uh, skip leg day and take it the next day, or is it is that a think, slippery slope? No, I think you, I'm obviously when you're a rugby player for, as you alluded to, over 15 years, yeah. you kind of get to, you know, know your um, body. So if I was yeah. to have a particularly hard game, probably against someone like France that, you know, put me on my bottom a few times, yeah. and then we go into training weekend, you might, if you were to say to your SSC, oh, I'm feeling particularly tired here, or I think I've had a lot of load this week, 
um, they're quite receptive and will listen to you and, and kind of amend your week but yeah. it rarely happens because they do actually like know how much your body can tolerate like for an average we all have different averages of how far they expect us to run yep. so it, and it's completely down to you as an individual rather than like a set team uh-huh. running this far so if we give you an example Vicky Fleetwood runs a lot further than I do in a week yeah clearly um, yeah <laughs> clearly clearly she does um, and then yeah like other people like Hannah Bosman will lift a lot heavier yeah. than me in the gym as yeah. well exactly role specific <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 is that the same for you Mackenzie you have um so Poppy's just explaining that she, the loading during the week of SNC or weights or physical work is that yeah. the same for you guys is that regulated yeah for the most part it kind of depends like club to club so I don't get regulated a ton through um, Canada because we're so kind of dispersed and we're in our own training kind of area <laughs> thanks Poppy um uh, so yeah so it is kind of regulated a little bit on yeah. the basis of kind of GPS and stuff but a lot of the stuff we go off what England do so the front row would kind of be similar to like an EPS player type thing so we kind of base it off what they do so yeah so thank you <laughs> so within within the pack then because let's face it ladies forwards rule do you do your training sessions within your pack or do you you know branch out forwards v backs is a traditional thing that you see this that and the other or is it purely the 10-15 members of that pack in that team train together What's, what's the drills with that? Yeah, it kind of depends. Uh, we often split off into kind of units, so yeah. we'll do obviously the unit based, based stuff in the in the pack. But um, uh, yeah, a lot of meetings and, and things like that. Um, it kind of just about it? yeah, <laughs> it kind of depends on the week to be honest. Um, and when we go into the international setup, we um, spend a lot of time in like front row, yeah. type five type kind yep. of stuff. So there's a lot of unit based stuff. Muscle memory and all that. Yeah. Stuff so there. and it, yeah, again, it just kind of depends on on the week we're yeah. we're having. So yeah. Same for you at the back there. Is it? Uh, you obviously get the armchair ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you know. <laughs> they asked a question actually to all the um, Saracens men and female players of what position, if they weren't what they were, where they would be. Yeah. Obviously, Winger got number one spot yeah, to get all the glory. Yeah. But number eight got second, and I was like, what? I said 12. And loads of people said, for the, yeah. for the armchair ride. And I was like, do you want to understand what we've got to do at the back there? Oh, we've we got go. to pretend to push so oh. that the props don't, yeah. don't get mad at us. <laughs> get off, get off yeah. and chase down Wingers. And we got not knock the ball over the try line when you know we've got yeah. the scrum dominance. <laughs> it's a hard one. Which is the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to me in my whole entire life. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it, but no, uh, you brought it up. So if that's an embarrassment, what else is an embarrassment in your professional game? Do you ever come off and just go, do you know what, that didn't work for me today? Uh, oh goodness. Some yeah, obviously sometimes you're like, what on earth was I doing? Mainly when you go to kick the ball or. <laughs> yeah. Or when you do that and you're like, I was like, how? I can't, I couldn't believe I did it. And then no. the coach had to like even dig the dagger in as well. And then post-match interview and went, yeah, she's really good apart from. Um, can't kick, the, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the base of the scrum. I was like, yeah. brilliant. Hands with like breeze blocks yeah, and fantastic. that sort of stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how about you, Mackenzie? You know what? I do actually have a good one. Uh, we were playing uh, Wasps, actually. I think Poppy will remember this one. And, and the ball got kicked into the dead ball area. And I was marking up the girl and I thought, oh, I'm going to cream her. This is going to be great. Yeah. And at Watch the last this, second, everyone. at the last second, <laughs> she just stepped behind the post. And I obviously had already committed to the tackle. So I just tackled the post, nice. the, the upright. And I literally just wrapped, I wrapped right around it. And I just got up and I sprinted away and kind of like nothing ever happened. <laughs> as the post was so wobbling. As the post was wobbling and genuinely almost fell down. Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely not my finest the moment. Crowd, and the, the, ga- crowd and the girl ran, ran, and <laughs> ran, made a line break. And, yeah, yeah. I think I dislocated a rib or something. But, yeah, uh, post normally win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, well, we yeah. will live to see another day though. So you know what, it's all, all good fun at the end. <laughs> so half time, talk me about, so obviously local club rugby, 
half time is normally on the pitch. There may or may not be a few expletives as someone who yeah. professes to have some knowledge in rugby will come <laughs> over you to you and tell exactly what you're doing. That's usually how, poppy for us, actually. Yeah. <laughs> how does that, um, is that reflected in, you know, a half-time session at professional level? Obviously you go into the changing rooms. And... Yeah, you, so like um, the last Six Nations we just played in, we had, they actually tried out like different techniques of what we do at half-time and stuff okay. because... Um, we had an occasion where our coach was like, it didn't work, there's too many like, voices, there's too many things, people trying to say stuff, so we kind of changed it around and now we have the senior leadership group, they have um, a meeting just outside the change rooms, they come in, we all have to sit down in our in our spaces, like silence, collect our thoughts, like collect our breath as well, yeah. um, so we can actually speak, uh, and then the senior leaders will come in and then deliver the key messages that they've decided um, they are, so there's not, there's not many of them, but they're very like succinct. So literally, it's a it's a common adage. Is it a game of two halves? Can, yeah. you, can you literally swap one gameplay from the first half yeah. and say, "Oh, that's not working. Let's do this." Yeah, hundred percent. I think when you get to a bit higher level of rugby, it's all about kind of figuring out what what is working yeah. on the day. And you know, we prepare throughout the week and we're doing analysis and video review and, and prepping the team that we're going to play yeah. against. But at the end of the day, you have to deal with what's out there on uh, yeah, on, course, on yeah. the game day. So yeah. I think it's a it's a big one, and especially um, in the women's league at the moment, like there is such discrepancies in between you know the amateur side and the professional yeah. side that I think uh, you can get players coming out that you've never heard of before yeah. and you get players that you know like the poppy pools and things like that oh, where yeah. you can analyze them so yeah, you so get kind of like a myriad nine of people times out of ten this player will say this channel 100 yeah. percent so I think yeah if, you know game's not over until the 80th minute no absolutely yeah. so I think so it's if really it's important. lifetime then so first half for example yeah, don't know what's going on it just isn't working do you have you know is it a pack leader or will it be a senior leader from the side will get a message that comes on with the water maybe yeah uh, a tactical injury may or may yeah. not occur uh, the message comes on do you yeah, have like so a, a system things, really, yeah. without giving away too many trace secrets yeah. but it no, would yeah. appear that a message may be passed from the coach to a pack leader or you know a se- yeah. senior to say look let's revert to plan b yeah, no, definitely. I think we, we kind of use a, a lot of different things. There's obviously, yeah, the water, the messages kind of coming on. Yeah. And uh, those players coming off the bench as well are super yeah, important because they've obviously been watching. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to kind of breaking things down, we have uh, two of our coaches right now are player coaches. So oh, okay. they that do helps. a little bit of both yeah, and, and they can kind of troubleshoot. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's kind of our pack leader that usually okay. makes those decisions and, and we can kind of, uh, yeah. Who, who's that for you? Most of the time it would be Poppy that uh, oh, does okay. it or we have Marley yeah. Packer depending on, yeah. on the day kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, on the day, so, yeah. yeah. Depending how much she's blowing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> who's, who's least 
how many exactly. women she's yeah. had to chase down or yeah, yeah exactly yeah, how many exactly. times she's fallen over her sister on that exactly, particular day exactly yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah yeah but yeah it's fascinating absolutely fascinating thank you for your yeah, time no we'll be uh, when the game finishes we'll be doing some q a sure. and i believe yeah. there's a photo opportunity for bye you. everyone nice to speak to you <laughs> go and have your so we're in the tent now the session's finished all the uh, all the lovely players are in. We're going to um, be doing a question and answer session. See what views, what questions the girls want to ask. Move that to one side. Come on over. John is just running through the the update. Thank you before we do that. So we're recording for our podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to it, you get the chance now to listen to your own voices on the radio. Some of us have faces for radio, so that's okay. Um, massive thank you for everyone, the parents and all the, everyone who's come along today. Thanks for bringing them along, braving the rain. Duncan, Andy, wherever he's gone, picking up cones, I expect. Uh, these things don't just happen. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to keep that contact and that flow going. Our wonderful guests here today. Uh, I've never been in the presence of an international set of rugby players, and I have now. So there we go. So we're going to do a little bit of Q and A, question and answers. It's going to come from you guys. If you want to ask a question, pop your hand in the air. I'll run over, stick the microphone in your face, and then I'll run back. Okay. So you have the opportunity to ask anything you like, really. These guys play rugby for a living. Okay. So maybe your mum and dad. They work in one industry, these guys play rugby for a living. So if you want to know what the life of a professional rugby player is like, and if that's something you want to look at, you aspire to in the future, now it's time to ask a question. So if you want to ask a question, pick your hand up. First victim of the day. So you come all the way down from Camberley. Wow, that's a journey. What's your name? Jess. Jess. What question would you like to ask, Jess? Uh, how many hours a day do you uh, do training? How many hours a day do you train? Um, it depends, it like varies on the day. So, for example, today, none. 
Um, <laughs> but like while speaking earlier, normally we do about three sessions um, on like a really on like our red day, our hardest day. Um, on another day we'll do two, and then so we'll go three, uh, two sessions, three sessions, one n- no sessions, three sessions, two sessions, and then again. That, wow, that's that? a busy week. Same for you, Mackenzie? Yeah, it's about the same again. Like Poppy said, it kind of depends on the week that we're having. Uh, so this weekend we didn't have a game, so we got the weekend kind of off to kind of have some fun and, and do some things that we enjoy doing, which is watching rugby. So <laughs> it's still rugby even if, if we're not playing, but yeah, it's pretty full on for sure. So do they, so it tapers towards a game or away from a game? Is that what, so it's harder if you're not playing? Yeah. A little bit lighter if you've got a game coming up? Yeah, exactly that. So they'll get, if we've got a game, we'll have two days off a week. If we haven't got a game, we'll just have one day off. So. One day off, and that's one session a day. What do you, what do you mean? So you get three, two, one. The yeah, day, no, a day off, like a day off. Yeah, no, no, but your training sessions. Yeah. So morning and afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So the whole day. Yeah. For an example, if I was in England camp, I'd wake up. Um, we'll go do an S and C session, then we'll have like a speed session, and then we'll have a team training session. So it's completely like the whole day. Um, but like, yeah, the days off, nothing. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. A lot of energy. Next question. I've got one, Tony. Oh, come on then. Hello, who are you? What do you do? Hi, yeah, hi. Um, <laughs> next weekend is, is Premiership, semi-finals. Yeah. What would it be like having fans back in the grounds? Well, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, it's been crazy not having them in and but getting to still play and have the privilege of playing like international games. But um, it's obviously sad that we haven't had a crowd. So to finally get a crowd, I think they were allowed 2,000 spectators uh, at Sonex Stadium. So Semi-final. You're, so you're playing. Is it, is it Lightning? You're yeah, lot? we're playing Lafferty, and then it's Quinn's Wasps at the Stoop. Excellent. Thank you. Same. Yeah, for me, obviously my family's back home in Canada, so the fans are kind of my family when I'm there. So I love playing in front of people, and it's great, and it just elevates the the environment. So it's really fun to chat to you know other people's parents and family when they're down. I have kind of extended family here, so <laughs> yeah. they come, they come, they come to watch and support us. So yeah, it'd be great to have people back. For yeah, sure. I mean we hear a lot, and you see. You know, players if interviewed. Oh, the crowd really lifted us. Is that actually a thing? No, oh, definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like just that. At, at the end of the game, when you're really tired. They just give you that extra bit. Like we even commented, we had a really, really tough game. We're like, imagine if there was a crowd there watching. How like cool that would have been. Like, especially, you know, the final we played in the Six Nations against France. Like that was such a close game. Um, ten six it ended. And, like we were like, imagine having a crowd here. It was a bit sad, but. Yeah. Um, at the same time, we'll hope everyone's at home watching. The absolute scenes, wouldn't there? Yeah. Yeah. The crowd there, crowd there. Can I just come over to the back? Because we've got a representative from our referee society oh, over No. So if you had the chance to talk to one of these players pre-match, what would it, you be saying? So your pre-match. <laughs> I've had a few conversations. Your, your pre-match, pre-match, <laughs> your pre-match briefing. So the ref at very high levels of rugby, they'll do a briefing to the teams. This is what we expect, etc., etc. Run us through uh, a lot at at Poppy's, uh, the two level. Uh, we very rarely talk to the whole team. It's generally the front rows, so that we've got safety and. Uh, um, uh, at the front row, um, we'll talk to the probably the fly half and the, the scrum half because generally they're the ones that control the game, the offside lines and all that, um, and the captains. We very rarely talk to the whole side. 
um, because they're, they're professionals, they should know should the laws. Should know what they're doing. Yeah. Right, let's all see whether that's valid. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? Um, some, yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> the influence of a referee on a game then? Huge. Huge. Talk us through that. Um, Can a ref kill a game? Yep, 100%. Yep. 100%. They always try and blame the players, say it's their players' actions. But no, every ref has different opinion and um, you know, a different way that they, they like to get the game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if you're, you do your research and you know, before we play an international game, our coaches will give us um, information and data on the ref that's about to ref us and what their key their key um, influences and what they're going to penalties most for. So we have a little bit of an insight. Um, and yeah, different different refs. Some some ball in plays amazing, and then other ones it's more set piece focused, and you won't get away with anything get a set at the set piece. So yeah, definitely um, you've got to adapt. And I think that sometimes it's the team that adapts the most. The quickest. Yeah, the quickest uh, is a team that's successful. Okay, pack leaders then, and senior team, uh, senior members of the squad. Yeah. How does that message get filtered down to people that perhaps aren't in that meeting? Yeah, obviously shut your ears sometimes the, the refs <laughs> tell us to, uh, te- to speak to the team and you yep. get the team in and you go don't listen to him just play you just yeah. do what you're doing but um, other times the, the warnings are quite harsh but yeah um, pack, the, the captains have a massive influence on the game to get that relationship with the ref um, sometimes I might I get it wrong a few times and the rest are like just don't speak to me ever again <laughs> um, but then it's your it's the captain to have that have that really good um, relationship and th- it's about working together so obviously they want a good game you want a good game and yeah. um, it's about making sure that y- you can both achieve that yeah I, I love the comment they should know what they're doing um, <laughs> come on then Camberley hit us <laughs> Who's better, you or Bryony? <gasps> Absolute scenes in the tent. Who's better, you or Bryony? Um, we, we play different positions. We play different positions, so it's hard to tell, but obviously um, Bryony's really good. <laughs> we, look, myself and Mackenzie are both front row players, and we were discussing earlier that the eights always get an armchair ride. Very little effort, just sitting at the back of the scrum whilst, whilst all the hard work goes. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, I would have to agree. You know, Brownie's my tight head, so <laughs> I can't, can't really go against her, but they're both incredible players. She gives guys, good yeah. cuddles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, Got to keep her happy. You know? Absolutely. Don't upset the tight end. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, just tell us who you are. Uh, Millicent, what do you think your chances are in the World Cup? <laughs> yeah, suddenly got very cold in here. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough for Canada at the moment. We're ranked third in the world, which is pretty incredible for a team that doesn't get together very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't played since November 2019, so it's a bit stressful at this point in terms of our World Cup prep. But we go to play uh, to win every time. So, yeah, we're we're going to the World Cup hopefully to um, yeah secure a spot for the next World Cup and kind of mark our stamp in World Rugby that Canadians uh, do dabble keep a little that, bit in the keep sport. Keep that development so going. Yeah, so exactly. So talk to Canada specifically then. How what percentage of your players are professionals? Uh, so at the moment, uh, none of them would be none professional. Yeah, so we're not considered full-time professional. We're all, we're all amateur. We do have a bit of crossover with the sevens, so a few girls come in kind of for the World Cup cycle, yep. and they would be considered um, kind of semi-professional because it's more government funding than it is, you know, being yep. paid to play per se. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one. You know, we're going up some some against some pretty big beasts over here that are that are full-time professionals. So yep. um, it's a bit of an uphill battle. But yeah, we we do it because we love it, and yeah, we wouldn't change the world. So. So, Poppy, percentage of England players that are professional? 
Um, so there's 28 of us with professional contracts, and then um, I think you're, in, you're in allowed a team of 36 for the World Cup. So I don't yeah. know, quick, quick maths, anyone? <laughs> How many is that? 75%. Like 75%, there you go. Yeah. Well, I'm so, <laughs> uh, so that's the difference. You've got a, a squad primarily of um, players that work nine to five, maybe and then have to add their training load onto the back of that and we've heard what that training load can be like versus a squad that are essentially doing nothing but focusing on their rugby. So you're third in the world. Yep. Not that bad, is it? Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> Let me reach over the top of you. Sorry, love. Have you guys always wanted to do rugby or is it just like something after school? And who are you, sorry? Uh, Jess. Jess. Um, I've always wanted to play rugby, but when obviously I was growing up, it wasn't there wasn't an option. Like if my teacher asked me what I wanted to be when I'm older, I couldn't exactly say rugby without them laughing at me, pretty much. So, um, but now to have the the chance to to like for you guys to go, actually, I want to play rugby when I'm older, like, and that's your professional um, job, and that's something that you can aim for is um, incredible. But um, from when I was little, I always knew I was always going to play rugby, and I just figured when I was 18 and I had to go and. Um, get a career I just figured that it'd be my hobby and it'd be the thing I do at the weekends and I talked to my work colleagues about that I did at the weekend so to now to be able to be professionals incredible stuff I didn't think I could do but now you know there's 27 other of, of people like me who are doing it for a living yeah same I mean I played a lot of other sports growing up I played ice hockey very Canadian <laughs> but um, yeah I always knew rugby was kind of the sport for me and it's quite a unique sport in the sense of you get people from all walks of life all different body shapes and sizes and I just felt like I belonged right away when I got there, and I just knew, yeah, this is this is a different sport than any other kind of mm. sport I've ever played. So, for me, it was, um, yeah, I always knew that I wanted to play, and that's kind of why I moved to England from Canada because I knew the opportunities were a bit better in terms of that lifestyle. So that's ha kind of how I got here, and yeah, rugby was always always the one. So. Get you. Any more? Any other questions? Yeah, yeah. Any other questions? Are we? Roughly on time. Roughly Mr. Johnson. Couple minutes. I've got one actually. Oh, I've got one. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who are you? You should ask her. Who are you? And what you do? Uh, my name is Michelle. Uh, so I'd like to know what's your greatest sacrifice and mentally, how do you overcome? How did you overcome that, or you continue to overcome that? Chocolate. <laughs> KFC? No, that's not do that. Um, cool, that's a tricky one. What, you want to go first, I think, because I reckon you got... Yeah, I think for me, obviously, it's just being away from my family. Yeah. I don't get to see them very often, especially in COVID times. That's kind of extended. So a lot of FaceTimes and, and missing birthdays and things like that. But I see it more as a choice rather than a sacrifice because, you know, I'm following this path and rugby's not going to be in my life forever. And luckily I have a family that's unbelievable and, and supports me all the way. So that would definitely be probably one of the downsides, though, is just not getting to spend time with my family as much as I'd like. So. Has I'm that triggered any memories? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking so hard. Um, like, that's an interesting one that you said that, because our coach always said to us, there's no sacrifices. Like, he's like, they're all choices, they're all choices you make. And um, if you want to be, you know, the, like the best the best player um, it's your choice and your motivation at the end of the day so um, I think for me I was lucky that now um, you know looking back I can't say I've sacrificed anything nothing I like obviously you've had to travel around the world and like miss your family miss stuff like that but for me you know it was always my choice and something that I just threw myself into um, didn't really look back and I you know and I just went went for it so um, it'd be interesting to see if I had a, if I had like a parallel life how it would have been um, if I chose saying chaos, but um, yeah, I think that's my answer. No, you're doing all right at the minute. Aren't you? <laughs>
Who we got over here? So my name's Tony. Um, I'd like to ask, is there anything that you learned when you were the same age as the girls here that's still relevant to you now you're internationals? loads of bits of advice that people gave me I used to always just like to, um, think about and now like when people ask me for advice I kind of give the same bit the same stuff back and like play as much sport as you can like the stuff that you might learn in netball for example um, like the ability to catch and catch really high balls and low balls and stuff like translates on a rugby pitch you know if you go to athletics you know doing sprinting that that speed across the floor and off the mark help with your footwork foot, footwork and running down the wing so yeah it was just literally um play as many sports as you can as you can fit in sunday um, sunday to, to monday and um and really and enjoy it as well yeah definitely i think obviously the rugby kind of skills are super important but for me the biggest one is especially as women we're often told like we can't do things or we're put into boxes and we're told you know what we can and can't do and for me rugby was kind of that that opportunity to kind of express myself and, and be who i wanted to be and so, yeah, just having the confidence to stick with it and to not let people kind of tell you what you can and can't do and, and just going for it. At the end of the day, there's so many opportunities out there in whatever you choose to do. And, and that's kind of what I learned, those kind of, you know, the discipline and, and the work rate and things like that. And rugby has kind of transferred over into, into my life outside of it and just, just going for things and, and being brave enough to kind of take those opportunities when they come. So. Yeah, cracking. Any, any other questions? Just one more for me. <gasps> oh, go, go first. Is he definitely is he first? Just tell us who you are. Uh, Isabel. Isabel. What's your question? Um, who scored more tries? Who scored more tries? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Armchair rider. Yeah. <laughs> I do all the hard work, she gets all the glory. So That's we have a, one, we have a yeah. mutual agreement. So. Yeah, you get to share the assists. Yeah, although on the back of smalls, I get to score some decent ones. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah not so much. Yeah. <laughs> What's the feeling then? Scoring a try for your country or your club? Yeah, it's... it's uh, it's incredible, isn't it? So you can just imagine how it feels like. So it literally feels like that, and uh, it's always an honour to like help your team win and, and score score the big tries. But you know, even any try for your for your country is amazing. I remember obviously my sister um, got her first cap for England, scored a try on her debut, so she always had to like, beat me. It took me like 22 games to score my first try, and she scored a second one. And she scored again, and I thought, oh my goodness, she's going to be. She's, yeah, I was like, she's going to be one try for every cap. Finally, she didn't score, but yeah. it was, it, <laughs> not that I was like obviously wanting that to happen. But yeah, it was amazing to see her like sc watching her score for England was was incredible, and I was so proud. And that was probably better than scoring my own try. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But you know, front row, spend a lot of time watching other people yeah. score tries that you may have created or you supported. Do you ever yeah. get any recognition for that? Yeah, you know, we get a good pat on the back, good rub on the head sometimes, but uh, <laughs> like for the most part, yeah, everyone remembers who, who scored the try, but, yeah. you know, I know in my heart that I've done I've done my job, and you've got yeah. a good highlight reel, though. Uh, to be fair, yeah, I've, I've scored a couple ones, but, She you ran know. half the length of the street, <laughs> passed the ball to somebody else to score, who scored the try, but yeah. she made a great video. Yeah, and then she got player of the match, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that worked. Yeah. <laughs> Was there another question this side as well? Yeah. Tell us your name. Izzy. Is it is he as well? The two Izzy's. Is there a better feeling than scoring a try? Is there a better feeling than scoring a try? Oh my goodness! I'm not. Obviously, yeah. Uh, well, I think probably I haven't done it yet, but hopefully if we win the World Cup, that'd be a good feeling. Yeah. I think winning the World Cup would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, when even if your teammate scores and it's like to win the game, that's cool as well. Like anyone scoring to win yeah, the game is pretty definitely. cool. Like winning those big games when they're so close, when they're two, two or three points in, and we making it, we've kind of made it a habit recently against France that like they're very, very close these games, and we just about win. 
Um, so when the final whistle goes and you actually win the game, that's that's quite a good one. And you can go sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Saudi's Quinns game, wasn't it? The Stoops. Was last season that you scored. That's the one that it you won. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't remember. It was yeah. the end of it. I do. I do remember. I do remember. <laughs> I think it points in Kate. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, I, th- I think you held them up over the line, didn't you? Yeah. To, to literally one by a point. You were 15 down at one point, something yeah. like that. So yeah. That's, that's a half-time conversation. That's that one, half-time. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just, just, just one final question then. Then we wrap up. There's a few new girls playing rugby for the first time, I think, today. Why should they carry on playing rugby? Oh, there's so many reasons I could say, but um, I think that you know all the opportunities, experiences, like friends. I've literally made for rugby and like when I, when people go, oh, what's your hobbies, what would you do? And I'm like, it's literally just rugby because I love watching rugby because, you know, it's the enjoyment of being able to watch other people play. Um, you know, when I'm playing playing rugby, I'm playing with my friends and I've got best friends now that I live with, they're my housemates and, you know, we got six weeks off and they're, they're my rugby friends, they're friends that are coming to me to sit on the beach and, you know... Play rugby. And play rugby <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> and have a good time, you know. Um, when I travel the world, it's always... When I look back and I'm like, oh, I've been there. Oh, it's because of rugby. And, um, you know, just those, those great memories I get back. At, at Sarri's is a massive ethos um, about the memories you create. And when, y- when you're old and... Oh, goodness, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Older. When you're as old as Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Sat on the sofa, no longer playing. You know, when you look back, you don't... You won't remember. You won't remember who scored the tries and what the, the scores are, but you remember the games that were really close and you won. I remember the people you played with. So um, that's probably why you know I love rugby so much because of those sort of memories. Yeah, definitely. And, and to build off that, it, for me, it's been a ticket to travel. So I've been to some pretty cool places: Japan, California, some to name a few. And Ellingham. Yeah, Ellingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So you know, it's just so cool. You get so many opportunities, and I've learned so much about myself as a person. And yeah, just the just the friends you make and, and the memories. You know, I'll be sat there. You know, sometimes and I just burst and laughing because I'm thinking about something that bots did at training, or you know. So yeah, y- it's just the mates that you make along the way, and, yeah. and and what the sport gives you. So. Yeah, that's the key message, guys. Yeah. You're playing. <laughs> rugby with your mates. Let's give him a clap.